Welcome to T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. Your host is Jose Negron. We take the guesswork out of technological jargon so that you know what's next, why it's great or not so great, and how you can benefit from it by learning about it early. Now, here is Jose Negron. Good morning, folks, and thank you for listening to T3. It's been a fabulous week here. We finally got out of the rain and had two days of sunshine. And today's discussion is Puerto Rico hurricane assessments and technology uses. Uh, it's been a privilege for me to host this show. I'd like to make sure everybody understands the ground rules. A uh, reminder that uh, the TT program is uh is interesting to everyone because we start off with uh, the scientists, the engineers, the innovators, uh, and talking to the non-techie folks. And the purpose of this formula is so that we can carry on a discussion. Uh, if you want to call, and please do call in the T3 show at 866-472-5788 or email me at todaystomorrowstechnology at gmail.com. Our show today is about Puerto Rico hurricane assessments and technology uses. How are the Puerto how is Puerto Rico doing? The Caribbean islands recovering from the 2017 hurricane destruction. And then how are they preparing for the 2018 season? And what are the technologies used today to identify hurricanes and prepare the people or alert the people? The hurricane season started June 1st. And it goes through November 30th. We're sitting here the 2nd of October. So we're finally through most of the hurricane season. I know the Puerto Rican community is crossing their fingers so they don't receive any more hurricanes this year because they're still recovering from last year's hurricane. Critical to this, uh, of course, is the role the Federal Emergency Management Agency has played, at specifically their public assistance program to help communities after a hurricane. I've invited a special guest, uh, Dr. Uh, Edgar Jerry Rentis, to be with us. I'm waiting for him to uh, uh, call into the show. He's having some technical difficulties, but we'll c- carry on uh, without him until he gets here. Um, Dr. Rentis is a resident of Puerto Rico. He's lived through uh, hurricanes. He is the vice president of Vanti Technologies in Puerto Rico, and he's been at the forefront of Puerto Rico hurricane assessment and technology uses. Uh, full disclosure, uh, Dr. Rentis works for me and supports my Avanti Puerto Rican hurricane recovery efforts, and we've been working with the Puerto Rican government of uh, uh, localities as well as FEMA and the representatives. So as soon as we get Jerry on the line, I will uh, bring him on. But right now, let's talk about hurricanes, and, and what's important about hurricanes is uh, it's just like tornadoes. Not many people have gone through a tornado. When you look at hurricanes, uh, it is very interesting. Uh, with massive winds. Uh, it, it, today, we use satellites. We use airplanes. We use drones. As the hurricane gets closer to landfall, we look at their um, wind velocity. And we've got to understand uh, it's broken down to five categories. And, and now they're going to the sixth category because of Hurricane Maria. Uh, but uh, category one, when we look at that, 
we're looking at about 119 kilometers per hour or 74 miles. A hurricane is identified or classified once it, is, it reaches 74 miles. So it's kind of interesting if you've never been in a very violent windstorm. Well, that's category one. Then it steps up to 154 kilometers or 96 miles an hour. Then uh, 178 kilometers, category three, for 111 miles per hour. Category four is 210 kilometers or 131 miles per hour. And then, of course, category five, 249 miles, kilometers, and then 155 miles per hour. If you've never been in a hurricane, uh, you missed that experience because let's talk about preparation. We all know uh, the good thing about a hurricane is that you have advance warning. Usually you have weeks in advance warning. Satellites are picking up the, the movement, the pressure, the temperature. Uh, hurricanes uh, fuel is warm water. Everybody knows that. It starts reaching a wind velocity of 74 miles an hour. We are tracking it. We are sending uh, hurricane hunters. You've heard that. And also, uh, we're sending drones, Global Hawks drones, to measure uh, the temperature, the wind velocity, the pressure differences. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the track is predicted. And you see the U.S. models and the European models, and, and that all provides advance warning. The critical, critical part is that we need to be prepared for the hurricanes uh, as it comes in to land. And if, uh, as we just experienced in the United States with Hurricane Florence in North Carolina, it was uh, a violent storm predicted uh, up to category four. And then as it crossed shore, it ended up being a category one. However, the damage was the flooding because it stalled out and was moving very slow. And that's what the North Carolina is dealing with today is the flooding. And it's kind of interesting, as I was reading reports, that they still had highways closed, and they were dealing with how many uh, roads were closed. And if I can find uh, my little sheet of paper here, I will give you the exact number of roads closure. But the main roads are open. It is still flooded, and they're working uh, to move through that process. Uh, as we go on, the satellites begin to discover the hurricanes. Uh, we have two types of satellites. We have the geostationary operational environment satellites and the polar orbit operational environment satellites. The polar orbit orbits the Earth 14 times and keeps track of the storm. The geostationary, of course, continues to move uh, through the process, and they, they're stationary, and they, they're in a fixed location. So that is very important for us because that way they get to monitor where the storm is at all times. Uh, as I mentioned, the hurricane hunters are available. And what's important about the hurricane hunters, they're a crew of five. They, uh, they go out uh, aloft about an 18-hour day. It's a long day. And they usually fly around 10,000 feet. And they penetrate the storm. And they are sending off uh, what I, I'm going to call them uh, – buoys, dropping buoys, so that you can measure the pressure uh, and and so forth of the hurricane. And what's more importantly is that uh, 
as they're measuring the temperature, the pressure, the wind velocity, uh, the uh, um, the pattern or the line of sight of the uh, the movement of the uh, hurricane, uh, of course, they're measuring what category the hurricane will be and when it will be predicted to hit landfall. Uh, of course, all hurricanes are counterclockwise, and the most violent part of the hurricane is the top right quadrant of the because of the wind velocity, and that is the uh, strongest. Uh, uh, capability. As we know, hurricanes uh, are tracked through our satellites. Uh, I've mentioned a few aircraft to hurricane hunters. Uh, NOAA has a couple of aircrafts. Uh, they've got a P3 uh, or WP3D Orion. Uh, the NASA aircrafts are DC-8s and ER-2s. They're high altitude. Usually uh, they go up for up to about 40,000. And, of course, we talked about the Global Hawk, which is a aerodrome. Uh, we have ship buoys, uh, ship observation, weather buoys that we use. And, of course, as the hurricane gets closer, we also try to track onto the process. All right. It looks like I've got Jerry on the line. Uh, let me introduce uh, Mr. Jerry Rentis. Dr. Rentis is, uh, as I said, is the vice president of our Puerto Rico operation. Uh, Jerry, welcome to the show, T3. Yes. Uh, good morning to everyone, uh, the listener of your program, Jose. Um, here to uh, provide some information regarding the the status of uh, Puerto Rico at this time, including Vieques y Culebra, were uh, both uh, devastated by the Hurricane Maria. Perfect, perfect. Hey, Jerry, if we can... Jerry, if we can just back up a little bit, because I don't think as I started the program, as most people have never lived through a hurricane, what is that feeling? You've been there on the island, you lived there, you grew up there, uh, except for your stays. Uh, I, I like to describe uh, the, you know, you were here when Hurricane Maria hit the island, and of course your wife was at home. Can you describe that experience that she experienced uh, of the Hurricane Maria? Because I don't think people c can imagine the force we're talking about. Yes, yes, it was uh, a monster, really. Uh, uh, the winds uh, <clears throat> were very hard, and uh, and uh, they uh, compared that with a with a train uh, coming. Uh, pretty much, uh, the, the the sounds uh, uh, appear to be uh, uh, devastated. Uh, and uh and um a lot of communities uh, has been destroyed and and suffer suffer a lot uh through through the hurricane it's a it's a horrible experience uh really and well uh, not, and, and not only did not, you could not do much Exactly. Not only did uh, Wanda experience the rain, which at times she described it as moving sideways and coming through the windows and doors, and uh, I, I believe you had either replaced the windows or doors recently and the water was still getting in, but it's the force that the water was. It was under pressure. It had over 100 miles an hour water, so it was under pressure coming through your doorway or your, your you know, even uh, coming through the window cracks. So. Of the, of the trees were coming into the house. Yeah, uh, a lot of fallen trees. Terrible experience, yes. 
A lot of fallen trees. But now that we've kind of pictured that uh, for the island, let's talk about uh, uh, Hurricane Maria. Uh, What is the current conditions there? Because I've read there's still over a thousand folks still without power, even though it's been over a year. Yes. uh, Most of the, 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 uh, we have experienced a lot of problems, but uh, I could summarize uh, issues of logistics, and okay. uh, because most of most of the uh, affected people were uh, located out of the metropolitan area, and most of them doesn't speak uh, English, and uh, the the people that were coming from the states are uh, female workers. Uh, most of them uh, were. Uh, English speaker only, so uh, that uh, that that is really a, a real uh, uh, difficult for people to communicate or or fill out all the forms and uh, all the documents that uh, are required for for getting help from from the FEMA uh, uh, area. So well, that, that's interesting that, that, because they, then you're describing a cultural barrier and a language barrier that needed to be uh, um, overcome. And that, so that was one area that we needed to work on. Go ahead. Yes, yes. And and also they had uh, certain uh, difficulties in storage and uh, the, the goods and uh, all the, the donations that, that came out from... Uh, from the states and other the all the islands and country in 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 Latin America, so uh, right, right. Uh, so most let me of, most of the let, con- some of let the me give them a background. Jerry, let me give them a background real quick. Hurricane Maria, I think we failed to mention that when it hit Puerto Rico, it was a category four to five. It it was categorized yes. as a yes. category five. And it went through the island, and it's the first time they've lost all communication towers, wireless towers, and electrical generators. So it was a devastation uh, that's never happened before. What Jerry talked about earlier was a lot of the, you got to understand, about uh, months before Hurricane Maria, you had a couple weeks, you had Irma skirt and go into Florida. You had a hurricane in Texas, and then we had the California flooding. So FEMA was overtaxed, and most of the warehouse, food, shelter, and equipment was being sent uh, to the to the U.S. Mostly went to the Virgin Islands. They got hit with Irma, which was uh, also a very strong uh, category four to five hurricane. Go ahead, Jerry. We got about yeah. two more minutes. He came. The hurricane uh, Maria came through the. A municipality of Jabucoa, which is located at the uh, uh, southeast part of the island, and came out uh, through uh, pretty much Quebradilla, which is uh, located in the northwest part of the island. So the hurricane went through the, the entire island, the eyes of the of the hurricane. So the the force of the of the hurricane was. Uh, Tremendous over the over the island. Okay. And uh, the, my, my uh, uh, main uh, uh, problem is that, uh, that neither neither Puerto Rico or FEMA were prepared to 
respond uh, adequately uh, to uh, to the impact of the of the hurricane o- over the island and uh, the the uh, trans- transportation of supplies, the storage of the supplies uh, uh, were were. Uh, 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 very difficult in, in, uh, at that time when the the island doesn't have uh, uh, power and uh, and uh, modes of, of transportation. I mean, uh, roads okay. uh, were, well, let's, were uh, Jerry. Let's hold that thought, uh, folks. Uh, you're listening to T three show today. Uh, it's called Puerto Rico Hurricane Assessments and Technology. We're discussing the area with Dr. Edgar Jerry Rentas. And we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to today, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Okay, folks, welcome back. This is uh, Jose Negron, uh, your host for today, Tomorrow's Technology. Our show today is Puerto Rico Hurricane Assessments and Technology Uses. I'm discussing this topic with Dr. Edgar Jerry Rentas. Uh, he is a resident of Puerto Rico and vice president of Avanti Technologies in Puerto Rico. Let me just give you a quick summary of what we talked about. I went into the scientific uh, areas of tracking hurricanes, of course, the satellites, both the uh, geo and polar satellites. We talked about the various types of aircraft, the drones, the ship uh, drones. 
and of course radars and I discussed a little bit about the five categories my understanding is uh, they're thinking about moving to the sixth category if they have not done that already and we're working on that Jerry gave us a quick description of a hurricane the violence and especially Hurricane Maria the destruction of uh, power communication uh, plus the transportation to move goods from the ports out to the, the community. And, and we quickly described where the hurricane entered uh, the southeast corner and uh, progressed towards the middle of the, of the island up towards the north. Uh, so, Jerry, I'd like to turn our attention to FEMA, what FEMA is doing today, what you are doing with FEMA today. Let's talk about category A and B first, and then we'll move on to the C through G. So I'll turn it over to you right now, Jerry. How are you doing with FEMA on category A and B, which I heard they extended that uh, uh, deadline? Yes, they did. Uh, They extended uh, the emergency work, which is category A and B, uh, up to uh, March 19. So the municipalities, the a nonprofit organization, the churches, has more time to document Category A, which is uh, the debris uh, clearance. Uh, is pretty much uh, the work to clear the public roads, uh, including uh, the right away, the public uh, improved property and damages, material placing. Uh, Place on the road for pickup, uh, uh, and the faster is uh, is completed. And if if you have FEMA uh, uh, approved debris plants, which most of them didn't have, is uh, is is greater the the potential check from FEMA by by, by the the new alternative procedure for for debris removal. Uh, category uh, B is uh, protected measurements. Uh, is uh, is the action taken to protect life and property, which account for providing safety uh, signs, barricades, area security, and also include actions such as sandbagging efforts. Uh, Forward time for the uh, force account employees, both regular and 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 temporary, and uh, and to uh, hire uh, people to help you out. Uh, those are eligible costs, along with the equipment and material that you need to uh, protect life or property. Perfect. Uh, and also, the, Jerry. Most of the. Uh-huh. Uh, also, we're talking about emergency work. This is uh, work required to not only protect uh, uh, yourself in Category B, uh, emergency uh, uh, protective measures, uh, the debris removal. The issue with Puerto Rico right now, because of such a category uh, uh, just a very forceful wind uh, and the catastrophe that it fell upon Puerto Rico. Most of the people did not have or keep good records or documentations, and and to go file that with FEMA became a, an issue. And not only that, the documentation requirements became more stringent. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, 
Yes, um, uh, it has been very difficult for people to uh, really deliver the the documentation required by the by FEMA, but uh, they have come coming out with other alternatives. So uh, things appear to move uh, uh, faster now. At this time, they has been very uh, lenient and and. and and welcome to uh, offer the the help to the people, but still uh, we got a lot of people that are not uh, uh, have uh, their root uh, the roof uh, fit fit fits, uh, and uh, they haven't uh, received the money the funds for. For doing the the repairs and the and the restoration, and uh, so that that has been uh, uh, a little bit difficult for 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 the people of Puerto Rico, the residents of Puerto Rico, which are uh, American citizens, and uh, and they haven't uh, received the funds for for doing those type of of, of repairs. Uh, has been very difficult, and uh, and hope that uh, the funds start moving so uh, people could really start uh, uh, repairing their properties and 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 took uh, and take uh, measurements to to protect their life and uh, and and the property. Right, and let's so let's talk about uh, you've been assisting, or the municipalities, or uh, let's back up a little bit. FEMA has required that uh, uh, it be an open process bidding process, so that uh, they the uh, companies uh, at the municipalities, or the churches, or the schools, or the nonprofit organizations are going to hire to support them in filing the FEMA claims are competitive, and they, they sent out RFPs. Uh, a public RFP announcement, and then there's a response. There's a time uh, for them to evaluate the responses, and then they select. Uh, right now, that process seems to be going well, but it's very slow, due to the at least that's the impression you're giving me because of uh, uh, the lack of uh, of information or data or certification that the folks need to file with FEMA. Uh, the paperwork is not in order, uh, but we. We have discovered that with the new Puerto Rican disaster recovery uh, action plan that FEMA has produced, it seems to be going a lot better, and they're trying to accommodate the the people and the folks uh, from the municipalities, the schools, the churches, and the nonprofits. Can you talk a little bit about that and your interaction yes. with the FEMA uh, reps? Yeah, one of the uh, problems we faced uh, during this process was the lack of of good education in how you would proceed in submitting all the the documentation, who you would uh, uh, go to uh, provide you guidance and 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 a good way of submitting the documentation. Uh, that that uh, type of information and education has been really poor, and now. Uh, they had find out that uh, a lot of people are uh, has misconception of you know 
uh, how to proceed. So uh, uh, companies like us, uh, Advanced Technology, are also providing uh, good education in uh, in, in complying with all the contracting requirements that uh, uh, FEMA and the federal government is, uh, is has established. So uh, uh, people are, 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 I mean, organizations are really confused. And now is is the time that uh, uh, we are getting together. Uh, the central government uh, with uh, the central office that they call they call uh, core three and uh, and the FEMA uh, need to uh, create a, a team to work out uh, and submitting all the uh, documentation and uh, all the information that has been required. But for for us to uh, submit the 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 claiming the what what they call the project worship uh, has to be in agreement with the uh, core three personnel which represent the central government which are the the grantees uh, and the municipalities and the uh, and the uh, uh, nonprofit organizations are the sub grantees. So right. uh, 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 the sub-grantees, the grantees, <laughs> and FEMA need to be in agreement with all the uh, uh, PWs. So, right. uh, so what you're every, explaining... Every claim needs to be in agreement. So what you're claiming, what you're stating, Jerry, is that while the process is trying to be, uh, the process is being simplified, it is still complex, and the understanding Very of the complex. rule sets and the regulations on how to submit, how to uh, uh, get uh, awarded your funds through FEMA has been a very complicated, uh, convoluted process that hopefully in the yes. next couple months they're trying to simplify it, but it's still complex for the municipalities who have legal representation for the churches who uh, who uh, the churches the schools and the nonprofits who go get agents to support them in supporting their filings and that's the issue that's going on t- today as you yeah. look back at this uh, endeavor is there any uh, w- is there one thing we could have done or you could have done better yes uh now that uh, we we have the experience, uh, 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 definitely a, a good plan <laughs> uh, would uh, help us in, in 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 processing all the all the uh, uh, damage, all the uh, 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 claims. Mm-hmm. And 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 also uh, uh, more education and and, and more involvement in uh, and and uh, organization really has to uh, know and 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 clearly establish their role and and how they would really get help uh, to go through. Uh, this situation. Uh, 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 we have to understand that uh, uh, it was uh, a category 
four and five uh, hurricane, and nobody was really uh, prepared. There were not communication, even in the municipalities. Uh, the municipality, the mayors didn't have a satellite phones, uh, so they could communicate with the central government, and it has uh, uh, share the the information of the of the needs uh, that they have in those uh, uh, municipality and uh, even uh, collect information regarding the the damages that every municipality uh, had at that time. Uh, it was very difficult in uh, uh, in the emergency management department really uh, demonstrated that, that they were not really prepared because when nobody had uh, uh, communication, uh, they, they should. They should. Okay. The, so the first thing they, we need to be aware of, the first thing we need to be aware of is the warning, being prepared for the hurricane, uh, getting those uh, items ready and secured. Uh, third, uh, for uh, the state the federal, state, and local governments and getting their, um, you know, their uh, paperwork and and their representatives all uh, collective where they can communicate in advance. It, it was a catas- uh, catastrophic hurricane. There's no question about it. It's probably in the top one or two hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico, and it was dead center uh, to lose that much communication, that confusion, and also a lot of the supplies in the warehouse that FEMA had prepositioned was sent to the Virgin Islands and a little bit to the states because of Irma. Mm-hmm. So the the idea of expecting a Category 5 hurricane to hit Puerto Rico uh, dead center was not in anybody's cards. Unfortunately, that's what happened and the recovery period uh, through the FEMA process. But one thing I'm learning more than anything else, and we learned that in Katrina, folks have to take the initiative to help themselves as best they can and survive because sometimes the federal government or the local government uh, cannot help you. And I think that's what happened to the truck drivers. The truck drivers themselves, when the first barge hit Puerto Rico with food, water, and medicine, they, the truck drivers weren't there to unload or to take the food to the uh, to the central part of the island or where the where it was needed because the truck drivers themselves were dealing with their own catastrophe at their homes. That's and, right. And of course, <laughs> the right. trees on all over the roads and and the the transportation. You mentioned transportation uh, was uh, destroyed as far as the ability to go from point A to point B directly. Not to mention the loss or the a loss of uh, assets as they were trying to deliver it, uh, delivering it to the wrong place. Anyway, we have about two more minutes. We've talked about uh, uh, Hurricane Irma a little bit and really Hurricane Maria. What are the folks right. doing now? What's the federal, uh, what's the Puerto Rican government doing now to help the people through the 2018 season? Well, they appear to have, uh, uh, they have been working with a plan. Um, and now they are offering uh, uh, that plan to the public to uh, make comments and, and suggestions. Uh, that's that's really good. But uh, we need to, you know, uh, go by uh, what uh, we could do to restore power. For example, uh, Vieques, the municipality of Vieques, still. Uh, 
still uh, working with uh, generators. I mean, they they still without power. Uh, wow. And uh, and a year has passed. I mean, right. And also, we need to like look for solutions. Uh, 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 using the technology, for example, the distribution of goods uh, could be done by by using the commercial drums, uh, like the the one that ha- Amazon uh, has uh, has been using for for delivering goods uh, in in hard uh, uh, locations or, or, right. or difficult to reach locations. Uh, we could also team up with uh, companies like Facebook uh, to provide a free Wi-Fi via a solar-powered uh, Wi-Fi. And, uh, right. And so there's still also, there's still a lot um, of needs. Uh, there's still a lot of needs. There's little pockets of uh, unknown still uh, where they need communication. They need food. They still water was yeah. a major issue about it when I left. Is water still a major issue? Water sanitation. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. We will, well, we have about thirty seconds. We have about thirty seconds, uh, folks. We're uh, we're talking to Dr. Jerry Rentis. Uh, he is a resident of Puerto Rico. He is vice president of Avanti Technologies in Puerto Rico. He's been working uh, through Hurricane Maria's uh, recovery plan. He's been working with uh, various municipalities, schools, churches, and nonprofit organizations. We talked a little bit about category A and B, the uh, uh, emergency preparedness and the ability to uh, uh, remove uh, debris and protect the uh, uh, property. Property itself, uh, we we didn't touch on category C and G too much, but uh, it is uh, RFPs or requests for proposals and getting companies to help the municipalities uh, to uh, get the funds for uh, uh, their property and and fix up their property. As we continue on, I'd like to come back and talk about uh, the hurricane technologies a little bit about what Jerry's using for his software technology, and we'll be right back in a few minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. 
Success doesn't come by chance. It's a decision to take a chance on you. Attending the University of Choice is a goal, but not a guarantee. Dr. Cynthia Colon offers you the formula of going from good, better, to best, and increasing those chances of receiving that yes to your dream university. Get the one-to-one -one attention every student needs to succeed. Tune in to Destination University, live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to today, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, folks, to T3. This is our third segment. This is your host, Jose Negron, on Voice America, the Variety Channel. Uh, the show is T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. We're discussing today Puerto Rico hurricane assessments and technology uses. How are the Puerto Rican people in the Caribbean islands recovering from Hurricane Irma and Maria? And how are they preparing for her, the 2018 season? The good news is uh, 1 June was the start of the hurricane season and 30 November is the end of the hurricane season. We're sitting here at uh, 2nd October. So uh, we're, uh, it was a very mild September for the Caribbean islands, although there's quite a few. Uh, hurricanes that were predicted. Uh, just the uh, alone uh, at North Carolina University predicted uh, 14 major hurricanes uh, uh, going through the Caribbean, and that's not uh, something you want to hear, especially if you haven't recovered from the previous year's hurricanes. Uh, but uh, that's what they predicted. Uh, obviously, it's been a lot milder. We still got uh, two more months to go, so I'm not going to – I'll just knock on wood and we'll just press on and hopefully the hurricane season will end without any major catastrophes uh, or further destructions to the island. I am speaking here with uh, Dr. Rentis, Jerry Rentis, and he has been working hard and collaborating with the municipalities, the schools, the nonprofits, and the churches and uh, he's been reporting back that it's been a difficult process, but it's a process that hopefully everybody is on board to make it a little bit easier. It's still complex. Uh, the FEMA process uh, is a very uh, complex process, but they're trying to simplify it. Uh, Jerry, can you expand mm -hmm. on uh, your activities with FEMA and the GAR in Puerto Rico and all the paperwork that people have to collect and file and, and how you're trying to simplify that for everybody? Yes, um, um, everybody uh, in Puerto Rico needs to uh, submit the, the, the project worksheet, the, 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 the claim, uh, following the following procedure. I mean, uh, we got to go through uh, or help our clients, clients in, uh, in documenting eligibility. I mean, uh, the, uh, each client need to uh, prove uh, ownership of the of the property, or if they are leasing, they need to uh, clearly establish in the contract that they are responsible for fixing the damage of the property. 
and that the damage was exclusively uh, caused by the hurricane. Those are the pretty much the, the areas in the eligibility process. After that, we need to document the damages, uh, providing description and dimension of each of the damage. And after that, we need to uh, document how we're going to repair that damage using the scope of work. After we submit the damage description dimension and the scope of work, we also need to take those uh, uh, repairs uh, or reconstruction through the FEMA cost estimate worksheet. After we do that, uh, we then uh, take those numbers and 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 run it uh, through uh, the application of uh, RS mean to obtain the the estimate of of repairing uh, or reconstruction of of the facilities, taking in consideration all the factors that uh, FEMA have established for those particular. Uh, location, for example, for for rebuilding or for reconstruction in in municipalities in in the main island, Puerto Rico, uh, they have a factor which is around one point two nine five, and for Vieques, uh, they have another factor. And uh, when the, when an island or a location uh, go through uh, uh, a, a catastrophe like this one, uh, all the all the materials uh, prices go up. The labor is difficult to to obtain, so the the reconstruction is is turned to be very expensive. Very expensive. Right. And, uh, and so all, right all now, right mm-hmm. now, uh, to help in the reconstruction and the estimation, uh, obviously you're using uh, uh, templates and software packages to help you improve and collaborate uh, your information and documentation. Because to me, is it's it's not only the measurement, but also the collaboration with uh, the FEMA and the GAR representatives so that uh, the accountability of the estimates are taken for their uh, accuracy because accuracy is really critical for oh, them. Yes. All the players need to work in a collaborative collaborate, uh, way because uh, all all the players, the, the core three, FEMA and, uh, and us representing Vieques need to be in agreement. I mean, we need to sign for each of the facilities uh, this agreement that we uh, concurred on the damage description dimension, the scope of work, and the estimates. Wow. Remember that uh, all, all of this damage is, is work under the Section 428 of the Public Assistance Program, uh, which uh, required to uh, 
for the for the municipalities for the for the nonprofit to agree on a fixed estimate to make the repairs and to make the uh, reconstruction. So once you uh, reach that agreement, uh, that number won't change. Okay. So, so you let's... would have to to fix the 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 facility with the with the funds that were uh, agreed on the on that fixed estimate. People talk about the island factors, uh, and uh, I don't think people understand what that really means. Can you explain a little bit what the island factor means to you? Well, uh, it, it, it requires for us in Puerto Rico to get materials. Uh, to obtain those materials from from the from the main island from the main uh, from the United States from the mainland, right. so uh, it requires uh, us to uh, to make arrangement with the manufacturer to uh, uh, have those uh, material uh, sent to one of the ports in the in the in the east part of the states, maybe in Florida, Jacksonville, or in in, in New Jersey, those are right. the two ports that serve the Puerto Rico. So uh, uh, it would require more more expenses, and I mean more uh, to pay more because uh, of the hurricanes that also affected uh, United States. Most of those. Uh, uh, for example, poles, lights, uh, they, they, they run, run out of them because of the, of the demand in, in other states for, for right. those supplies, for those materials. So okay. uh, the island factor take in consideration all of those uh, factors. Yeah, those economic factors, it just increases the price to move uh, goods uh, and services mm-hmm. to the uh, to Puerto Rico. So let me let me quickly switch to the technology. We talked earlier real quick for those of you who are just joining us. Uh, you know, the hurricanes are generally tracked uh, through satellites, uh, which we have both uh, geo satellites and polar orbits, 14 orbits through the polar orbits. We got we have various types of reconnaissance aircraft. Uh, we have ships, we have buoys, we have radars, and of course we've got various land platforms. Uh, the critical part is that uh, the population around the coast, just if I just take Puerto Rico, with the exception of Puerto Rico, let's just talk about the United States, more and more people are moving toward the coastline, and uh, and just the growth uh, between 1990 to 2008, uh, you know, population density increased 32% just in the Gulf of Mexico. And then, of course, in the Atlantic, almost 17%. And in Hawaii, it's 16 And my guess in Puerto Rico is around uh, 15 or 16% um, uh, percent itself. So the issue here is uh, hurricanes, a violent rain, wind, uh, storm, uh, as uh, we've discussed it here. 
Uh, it's one that you have to prepare for, one that you have to make sure you have your documents securely uh, in a secure location because you're going to need that to prove you have ownership. And as Jerry talked about, uh, the discussion process with the female representatives, they have uh, their particular rules for the public assistance program, and those rules mm-hmm are changing or change uh, to help the localities that they're involved in, but it's still a complex process and you need experts to help you that. More importantly, you have to go through uh, the process and in uh, and, and get eligible because that's the hardest part is to be eligible for the process in order to receive any type of FEMA funds or grants or small business loans and that's what we're finding out and that's what Jerry and his team are doing. Jerry we've got about two minutes anything else you want to talk about in your minute? Well let me tell you Jose that uh, during during this process which you describe uh, well as complex. You you need to add the situation that once uh, the FEMA employees start working in the island in that event, they only work for 50 weeks. Mm. So now that the people that are here working from uh, FEMA know pretty well what's what's the main uh, situation, main problems of each particular municipality, now they need to go. Yeah, they're rotating. They're rotating out. To bring the new people. Uh (laughs) So So you're starting over. Over again. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's incredible. Yeah, that is complex. That's what we mean by complex. But yeah. let me let me just wrap up a little bit, uh, uh, folks. Uh, today uh, we've had a great show. Today we've been talking about uh, uh, Puerto Rico and the Caribbean islands recovering from Hurricane Irma and specifically Maria. How they're preparing for the uh, hurricanes and uh, uh, today. Uh, more importantly, we talked a little bit about FEMA and the public assistance program. Our program today was Puerto Rico Hurricane Assessment and Technology Uses, and I cannot thank enough uh, Jerry Rentis for just giving us uh, his understanding of the issues that he's going through uh, with FEMA. Uh, the report uh, that FEMA p- uh, published, the After Action Report, uh, it's a very, uh, they weren't ready is the bottom line, uh, but it's hard to be ready for a Category 5. I mean, I go back to, uh, I'm a Louisiana resident, uh, and so looking at uh, Katrina and barreling down New Orleans and the Superdome and, and the mayor trying to send more people to the Superdome, I mean, it is a complex situation. But anyway, thank you very much, Jerry, for uh, for lending a hand here. Uh, today we talked about Puerto Rico hurricane assessments and technology uses. Uh, we talked about uh, various aspects of the science aspects of the hurricane, and we talked about FEMA's role. I'd like to take a moment here to really thank uh, Alex uh, Lorano for helping me uh, organize my uh, um, radio shows, and also uh, shout out to D. Daniels, the executive producer. So until next week, I'll see you at our next show, T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technology. Thank you for listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. 
We hope you'll join your host, Jose Negron, for another exciting program next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoy the rest of your week.